the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Japan authorities say over 20,000 military troops, as well as numerous helicopters and boats, have been deployed in a massive relief operation aimed at rescuing people stranded in flooded homes. The death toll from a ferocious typhoon has hit double figures with more missing. One woman is reported to have fallen to her death from a rescue helicopter. Public broadcaster NHK says 14 rivers across the nation had flooded, some spilling out in more than one spot. I'm Charles de Ledesma. Defense Secretary Mark Esper says President Trump has ordered all U.S. troops in northern Syria to move south, but not to leave the country. He tells CBS TV's Face the Nation the conflict between Turkey and the Kurds is too hot. This is SRN News. We're facing culture attacks, both beyond and within our borders. Now is the time to rise up to protect our conservative values. On Tuesday the 22nd, Elder and Prager team up for the War for America's Soul Tour at the Crown Plaza Air in Bloomington. VIP tickets are already sold out, so reserve your seats before they're gone at am1280thepatriot.com. This event is supported by Serenity Home Interiors. The best and longest-running conservative talk show in the Twin Cities is right here on The Patriot. Join Mitch Berg and Brad Carlson of the Northern Alliance Radio Network every Saturday and Sunday afternoon at 1 because each week the NARN brings you the best in local political and conservative talk. It's the NARN, Saturday and Sundays, 1 to 3, right here on The Patriot. Let's take a look at your forecast from the Great Plains Windows and Doors Weather Center. High of 40, rain and snow likely, and we got Hour 1 of the Brad Carlson Show of the NARN right now. Views expressed on the following program do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. Stand by for the Northern Alliance Radio Network. And go launch sequence. Engineering. Go flight. Master control. Go flight. Studio engineer. Go flight. We are go for launch in T minus three, two, one. We have liftoff. The Northern Alliance Radio Network is on the air. Live and local from the AM 1280 The Patriot Studios in Egan, here is the closer, Brad Carlson. AM 1280 The Patriot. It is the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Back with another edition of the broadcast we like to call The Closer. That's me, Brad Carlson. Thank you, as always, for tuning into our show. You can check out my blog at bradcarlson.org. And we are here to take your phone calls at 651-289-4488. If you'd like to uh, send us a tweet, feel free to do so. Again, if you're on Twitter, just use hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show. Hashtag NarnShow for any comments or questions regarding today's show content. And as always, we thank you for tuning in. And uh, we also want to thank, before I forget, I I heard a commercial just before the show started about the big event coming up a week from Tuesday, the War for America's Soul, the big Patriot event where national Salem radio hosts Dennis Prager and Larry Elder will be in town to give a talk. VIP tickets already sold out. I heard Nick Anderson, our esteemed general manager on Mitch's show yesterday, saying that reserve seating is also going very quickly. This is going to sell out, folks. Nick mentioned yesterday the last three events where we've had at least two of the National Salem radio hosts coming to town have sold out. Okay? So this isn't hyperbole. This isn't any kind of uh, trying to gin up panic or anything like that. It's going to sell out. So go to am1280thepatriot.com, click on the banner for War for America's Soul, and get your tickets today. Again, the VIP dinner is completely sold out. Uh, I can't thank you listeners enough. I think Nick mentioned it was within a week of when this event was first advertised to the public that the VIP tickets sold out. You listeners are awesome. Did I have you told you that lately? If I have it, you're awesome. That's just great. Yeah, that's, that is absolutely worthy of applause. And uh, again, the VIP dinner, we're looking forward to those, especially at the Narn table where Mitch Berg, King Banyan and myself will be sitting and uh, we'll welcome our loyal listeners to the Narn table. Uh, 
Uh, I heard Mitch yesterday kind of say, you know, Nick, uh, since we've been selling out every NARN table, every event, how about a NARN table for each of the three of us? And uh, that was pushing it a little much. But as Mitch said, you miss the hundred, you miss one hundred percent of the shots you don't take. So what the heck, it was worth a shot. But I uh, look forward to seeing you there. Regardless, that'll be a week from Tuesday and a very exciting time to be sure. A lot to get to, of course, as there seems to be every week. Political walk, Matt Bukowiak will be joining us at one fifteen to talk about the latest in the impeachment inquiry into President Trump, as well as the disturbing news out of Syria, where President Trump has uh, removed the uh, ceased military operations in Syria and less, thus has less left the Kurds very vulnerable and the very real possibility of ISIS being reformed and wreaking more havoc. I will talk to Matt about that, just an awful situation all around where our allies, the Kurds, are basically left to be slaughtered, and there's talk that uh, the Turkish operations could involve some ethnic cleansing, which is uh, never a good thing. So uh, just an awful situation, to, to be sure, and uh, we'll, but we'll, we'll save that for when Matt is on. But, uh, hey, you know, maybe some lighter topics. It's hard to believe it seems so long ago, but it was less than a week ago. That our favorite baseball team, oh, no. Jason, was... Uh, Here we go. Might as well get it out of the way. We're yeah. eliminated for postseason yeah. play. You know, it was funny. It was almost like all of Major League Baseball Twitter was trolling us. Because Deservedly all, so. All you heard was, wow, three of these four division series are going the full five <laughs> games. Like, yeah, uh-huh. I know yeah. which one isn't. Thanks yep. for bringing that up. <laughs> as I'm wearing a Twins hat right now. But, you know... Um, the Yankees went in and whooped Houston seven to nothing on yeah. in Minute Maid Park. I'm just saying, you know, they're a good team. They're at least team. the Twins put up a fight on their home field. That's about the only thing I can draw from it. <laughs> we barely did either. I mean, well, yeah, one run—that's not really putting much up a fight. Yeah, but uh, they—it was still two to nothing into the sixth, seventh inning. It was still yeah, yeah, you're right. Within you're striking right. distance, but doesn't matter. They got <laughs> swept again, mm-hmm. and season's over. So, uh, you know, it was it was tough to digest at, at first, but I found myself as the week has gone on kind of looking forward to what to, you know, next year because they don't have any big dead money contracts. No. Like they were still paying Phil Hughes for two years that he wasn't pitching right. because of the uh, career ending injury. And obviously Joe Maurer's contract came off the books before last season and. Uh, Nelson Cruz, they already re-upped. They already picked up his player option. That was a great option, by yeah. the way. He's making $2 million less in 2020 right. than he made in 2019. So Good deal. Not a bad deal. So, uh, But obviously the things to look forward to is, A, they have a, they have a lot of money to spend, mm-hmm. and B, they are built to win now in addition to having a pretty good farm system, particularly the outfield position. So what they're, what needs to happen first and foremost is rebuild the rotation. Yes, it does. Because you have 80% of your rotation that will likely depart or or is free agents. Mm-hmm. Now, whether they were all depart, I don't know. I'm I'm an advocate for bringing back Jake Odorizzi. Same. I thought he's been – he was their most consistent starter in 2019. You know, mm-hmm. Jose Brios is their best starter, but he just was awful in the month of August and was up and down in September. Which is what he does normally every yeah. regular season. And he's got to get that figured out. So, yep. But Brios is the only guy coming back. Odorizzi is a guy. He's a free agent. If you make him a qualifying offer and he accepts it, that's going to be about $18 million, mm-hmm. which I don't think he'll get that much per year in the open market, but uh, I have a feeling he'd get multi-years offered on the open market. Oh, he will. He will. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what they think about Michael Pineda. If, yeah. Do they feel betrayed by what he did and that as such they don't want him around, or do they say, look, he might be willing to come back on another prove-it contract? Uh, I don't know. Pineda is a guy I wouldn't mind having back. He's, you know, he was there. He was their most consistent starter yeah. until he got suspended. Yeah. And he will come cheap too because of the suspension as well. Because he will start the season. Because how many games did they burn up with that suspension when he did? About thirty. I about think. thirty. So 30. he's got about halfway to go. I so think he'll so, actually yeah. come a little bit cheaper. Um, you know, because uh, what, it, what it was a diuretic, right? That's all it was. Yeah. That's kind of like can be used as a masking agent for right. other PEDs. Um, look, I think especially with PEDs, every co- like context is key, and it d- would depend on how the locker room would embrace him. I think a locker room would have a little bit harder time if he actually like took something that was legitimate, legitimately, uh, legitimately can't say legitimately apparently a PED. This is kind of a masking agent, so maybe he'll have a little bit more leeway with that clubhouse. Right, um, right. I would like him to come back because he was really good, and he'll come on the cheap. Um, that's just a move because 
I, I don't know. The Twins didn't seem to have a problem with uh, having Polanco be a regular part of their lineup after his suspension. Same with Eddie Rosario. So the sure. Twins are known to be giving these players second chances if they believe in them. Right, but the but the thing is, Polanco's still under team control. True. I mean, that's there, there was no reason to really there. That was low risk. Right. To to bring him back, but right. Pineda's I think in his early thirties mm-hmm. now mm-hmm. and is is a free agent. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's that's certainly something to consider. Uh, the thing I'm going to look forward to is I think they can make a couple of moves well, they um, in, with the um, in free agency and or trade. Now, you've got a surplus of outfielders. You've got pretty good depth there. Mm-hmm. So Eddie Rosario is a guy that's been named as possibly being in a package deal to move, which if you can get a solid frontline starter, a, a two or three starter, because you know, Eddie Rosario is a good player, right. but you're not going to draw no, more. Gonna, no than a two- or three-starter, even if you package a prospect or two. But then you've got some prominent free agent pictures. Uh, Garrett Cole yes. is at the top of the list. Oh, I know it's. Not, I know we're not going to get him, but oh my gosh, if we could. Make him say no. That's right. all I say. Exactly. Make him say no. Look, I'm, I've, been, I've defended the Twins against the cheap poll ad mantra because every dollar they make in the operations of the team, they put back in the team because we say, well, they're billionaires. They should spend their own personal fortune. No, businessmen do not do that. Stop it. You, if you say that... You're delusional. Businessmen don't spend their personal fortune on their other businesses. That's not how it works. That's not how it's done. Okay? So stop, please. So the poll ads, but I will say, if they don't at least get a frontline starter, a two or three starter yep. via free agency or a trade and have to spend, you know, fifteen to twenty million a year to get that starter, then uh same old, same you're old gonna get the, here. you're gonna get the backlash mm-hmm. and it's going to be deserved. Yep. Because we were told as taxpayers ponying up for the stadium, well, in order to be competitive, we need a new stadium that draws in more revenues and, and whatnot. You've yeah. got it. Mm. And, to you know, again, I'll save my most harsh criticism if, like, the young up-and-coming players, like a Byron Buxton or a Jose Barrios, if they let them walk via free agency because mm-hmm. they're too expensive, then they'll deserve the scorn of everybody. Yes. But until then, I'm willing, and I'm willing to play wait and see with it. But Garrett Cole is obviously at the top of the list. Steven Strasburg. Uh, if he opts out. Yeah, if he opts out. Hyunjin Ryu, the Dodgers pitcher. Mm-hmm. He's 33. He's on a little high end. Uh, Dallas Keuchel and Zach Wheeler. Mm-hmm. Madison Bumgarner. That's a guy that, to me, people he has been great in the postseason. His record has been around 500, but his ERA is still in the low threes. Right. That tells you he's not getting a lot of run support. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the Giants were bad this year. He's only 30 years old. Yeah. As long as he's been around and as for long as he's been as clutch as he has been, he's only thirty. Yeah. For a guy with that track record, that young, I wouldn't I wouldn't mind taking a few years on him. And no. he's not gonna command Max Scherzer dollars thirty million dollars. you know, he shouldn't anyways. If he gets that, then Godspeed. Yeah. You know, have fun wherever you wherever you end up going. So uh those are some pictures you can look at via free agency as far as trades. You know, I don't know what what's available. Um, you know, the uh, I know that Syndergaard could have been had, but they asked way too much for it. But now that the Mets have Stroman and Syndergaard mm-hmm. and DeGrom, if they're all healthy, that's pretty good rotation. That's right. pretty good. So I don't know where to I, – I, I guess I wouldn't know where to go for a trade necessarily, mm-hmm. but if there's one that can be made, like they traded for Odorizzi prior to the 2018 season, and right. it's turned out to be a pretty good yeah, pretty deal. I don't remember. Who did they even give up for Odorizzi back in the day? Anybody yeah. relevant at all? Not really. I, I, we would have heard about it, I guess. Yeah. And you know, and that which which is surprising because the Rays got a king's ransom for Chris Archer right. from the Pirates. So, right. um, so this is so that's obviously the starting staff needs to be shorn up. Uh, I did like the way the bullpen came together at the end of the year. That was their Achilles' heel in the summer, but near the end of the year, it really came together. You got guys down the stretch that were very reliable: uh, mm-hmm. Tyler Duffy, uh, Zach Littell, Although he got he the. Uh, Yankee Stadium was a little bit too big for him. Yeah, <laughs> game one, but still, we say that could be said about a lot of Twins players, right? Bruce Dar Gratterall uh, with mm-hmm. the arm he has, right? And Trevor May definitely came on in the end, and of course Taylor Rogers has proven to be mm-hmm. a reliable closer. So I think your bullpen, you're in pretty good shape. Um, I'd feel comfortable if maybe you got another veteran arm in there, but I don't think it's a must-have as much as it was in the summer. That'd be crazy to say in July, mm-hmm. but now. I think they're in pretty good shape. But where I am concerned is the infield defense, particularly on the left side. Yes. So no, no range at third base. Got a rocket arm. Mm-hmm. Makes some big plays for a big fella, but has no range. Polanco, you're willing to overlook his lack of range on the field because of what he provides at the plate. 
But it's just it's still a concern. Yes. It is absolutely a concern. Arise, I don't know what kind of def- defensive second baseman he will be. Whatever it is, they're willing to overlook it because he is a good hitter. Now, that's obviously on the right side of the infield. And first base, I don't I don't know that Crone comes back. Moves Sano to third, or first? There's been talk about that. I'd um, prefer that, actually. Marwin Gonzalez has played quite a bit there. He's kind of your utility guy, and he's still coming back. So right. this Twins team is still built to win now, and they've got some good young players ready to possibly come up next year and help the team. So it's still very exciting time to be the uh, Twins fan, unlike, say, 2017, where, where they had the pop-up season yeah. in the middle of like all these 90-plus lose, game-losing seasons. Well, what, they won like 85 games that season, too? Yeah, the they wild won 85 card, so it's and like, got the hmm. wild card. But, you know, when you lose 90-plus games five of the previous six seasons, including 103 that year before, oh, right? okay, you're willing to take it. nice, yes. Yeah, it was nice. So, uh, but here's the thing. This was uh, going into 2019. This was uh, President of Baseball Operation Derek Falvey and General Manager Thad Levine's first opportunity to shape the roster and how they wanted it. They kind of inherited a mess when they took over after the 16 season. They were willing to keep Paul Molitor on as manager, even though they wanted to bring in their own guy. And when you bring in a new front office, that's their prerogative. They should be allowed to put their imprint on this club. But they acquiesced to owner Jim Polat and say, okay, we'll keep Molitor around. Mm. And then in 2017, he's manager of the year. How do you fire him after exactly. that? Exactly. You know, it would I have been a bad chance. luck. Exactly. So they gave him another chance. 18 was lackluster. And so they said, we'll move on. They let a lot of players go. Maurer retired. They still were a core young group. So they got to, they signed some free agents, which turned out well. Very well. Uh, you know, obviously, particularly Nelson Cruz. Uh Scope was okay. Marlon, Marwin Gonzalez was a very valuable utility player. Uh, C.J. Crone had a nice year going until he hurt his thumb and then just wasn't very relevant down the stretch. Mitch Garver was a nice find. He's turned himself into be not only an elite offensive catcher, but no defensively he's, he's become very good. So Jason Castro, who's going to be a free agent, yeah, he's, he's gone. probably gone, yeah. unless they don't think Williams Astadio is ready to catch on a uh, twice-a-week basis. We'll see. So... Uh, I guess the bottom line is I'm encouraged because this was Falvey and Levine's first opportunity to shape the roster into what they wanted, and they won 101 games with the manager they handpicked. Right. So, with so this idea that you know I understand Twins fans are frustrated, and that's what really put a lot of people off is Rocco Baldelli at the year-end press conference when asked if he was frustrated, he kind of said, "No, no, I'm not frustrated. We won 101 games. We had a terrific season." Fan interest was as heightened as ever, and I'm not frustrated. Which I understand his perspective. The way they see it, they're just in the they're just in the beginning stages of mm-hmm. something good. Yeah. But when you've been Twins fans like us, <laughs> we've been for put decades, the ringer. Exactly. Okay. To say you're not frustrated, I understand his perspective, mm. but that's not going to resonate well yeah. with Twins fans. Maybe that's for certain. maybe say that the day after where you're cleaning out your lockers and stuff like that. Maybe don't say that immediately after the game yeah. because you're going to trigger a lot of fans because of that. Like you just got swept in the playoffs by the Yankees again, and you're telling me you're right. not at least vocally a little bit frustrated. But you see, when you say that, you got swept by the Yankees again. For him, that was the first ever experience. Were they aware of it? Sure. How could you not be aware of it? Well, when reporters are asking them every five minutes about it, yeah. I mean, I think it got in their heads a little bit. I don't think so. I think there it has been. I think the balls in the postseason play were not as juiced as yeah. they were during the regular what is season. Up with that, there was some side. It was a legit. Not uh, before you accuse me of being a conspiracy theorist. <laughs> there was a legit scientific experiment yeah. that showed. And the commissioner confirmed this. Commissioner Rob Manford confirmed this. They decided to change it during the playoffs, which made zero no, that's sense. That's so dumb. It's I'm like, sorry. And his rationale was, well, we need to heighten interest during the regular season. It's such a huge, <sighs> long grind. So when any player has a chance to come up and hit a home run, of course that's going to heighten interest in the regular season game. But postseason, that doesn't need that kind of hype. You know, the postseason is the postseason. Of course people are going to watch. So, again, that's not excusing why the Twins lost. They got outplayed. No, they course, got outclassed. Yes, yes. No excuse. They, they got lost to a better team, period, mm-hmm. end of story. Yep. So I'm not blaming baseball, but what I am saying is that it was definitely a different dynamic than what they're used to. That may be a discussion for another segment, that is for sure. But uh, when we come back, yeah, we're going to delve a little bit into politics. And take your phone calls at 651-289-4488. You can also weigh in via Twitter, hashtag NarnShow, hashtag N-A-R-N Show. Brad Carlson, The Closer, coming back with another segment on the broadcast. Go nowhere.
Are you ready to make some improvements to your home? Maybe plush new carpeting or beautiful wood flooring? How about worry-free, waterproof, luxury vinyl plank flooring in your bathroom or basement? They even have a huge variety of affordable kitchen cabinets and countertops to choose from. When you're ready to start looking, Serenity Home Interiors can help. With their spacious 4,000-square-foot Burnsville showroom, they have thousands of combinations to match your dreams and your budget. Plus, the friendly professionals at Serenity Home Interiors are here to help you every step of the way. Serenity was founded on providing you with name brands you can trust, service you deserve, and pricing you can afford. So whether you need full-service interior design, a new floor installed, or you're a do-it-yourselfer and just want to purchase what you need at a great price, Serenity Home Interiors has you covered. Call today for a free no-pressure, no-obligation in-home consultation and estimate at 952-303-4033 or visit shi-mn.com. Sebastian Gorka here for Relief Factor, the 100% drug-free supplement that was formulated by doctors to help your body deal with inflammation and pain. The reason I've told so many of my friends about the three-week quick start is because as we get older, occasional aches and pains can be a real problem, keeping you from sleeping through the night or doing the things you love and need to do, like taking walks or playing golf, going up or downstairs, or simply playing with your kids or grandkids. Tens of thousands are now like me, glad they ordered the three-week quick start for just nineteen ninety-five. After years of back pain, I found relief, and I believe you could too. Folks, this is why the father and son owners of Relief Factor, Pete and Seth Talbot, created the three-week quick start, and they discounted it to only nineteen ninety-five. Approximately 70% of those who order it go on to order more. Let's see if we can get you out of pain too. Go to relieffactor.com, relieffactor.com, or call 800-500-8384. Did you know my mom's going to have a baby? She is? Will it be a boy? Or will it be a girl? We don't know yet, but we heard the heartbeat, and my dad said this is going to be someone very special. You mean like being a president? Or maybe a doctor? Well, probably maybe like a singer or dancer, I think. Hello, my name is Marianne Koharski. I'm the director of Pro-Life Across America. We know that every baby is a miracle and has the potential to do great things. If you know someone who is pregnant or in need of alternatives or assistance or would like to support the work of Pro-Life Across America, please call 1-800-366-7773 or visit our website at prolifeacrossamerica.org. Pro-Life Across America is non-political and totally educational. Welcome back, Kim. Twelve eighty, the Patriot, Northern Alliance Radio Network, with me, Brad Carlson. Thanks as always for tuning in. Six five one two eight nine four four eight eight is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter. Just use hashtag Narn Show. That's hashtag N A R N Show for any comments or questions regarding today's show content. As always, we appreciate you tuning in. A lot of uh, storylines from this past week on the uh, political front, particularly having to do with the impeachment inquiry into uh, President Donald Trump. And as always, when there's national news, we like to call on our favorite to political wonk. Of course, that is Matt Mikowiak. Uh, Matt, uh, his fine work can be seen and heard at uh, com. That's M-A-C-K, MacOnPoliticsPodcast.com, where you can ke- check out his fine podcast, where he has some heavy-hitting political guests, as well as his weekly Washington Times column. Matt, always good to talk to you. How are you today, sir? Hey, Brad, I'm doing great. How about you? Doing well, thank you. Uh, obviously, Matt, I uh, had John talk some uh, impeachment inquiry. Uh, you wrote a piece regarding this this past week for your weekly Washington Times uh, opinion uh, op-ed. Uh, how House Speaker Nancy Pelosi decided they were going to go with the impeachment inquiry really before the transcript of the telephone call, president's telephone call with the Ukrainian leader came out. And uh, you made the argument that whether there's something there or not with President Trump, the way that uh, Speaker Pelosi and the House Democrats are going about this seemingly doesn't follow typical uh, protocol and procedure uh, of past inquiries. Can you expand on that a little bit, Matt Mikowiak? Yeah, I mean, look, it is it is true that uh, impeachment does not constitutionally require uh, a vote on the floor to, to proceed to an impeachment inquiry. Um, but, you know, Congress is partly limited by the Constitution, 
But as much as anything else, it's limited by its rules and precedents. And in certainly the Clinton impeachment and in the Nixon impeachment, which are the two modern-day previous examples, sure. the House voted to approve an impeachment inquiry. And that, and that sets out the rules for how the impeachment is going to be conducted in both of those cases. Minority rights, due process rights, uh, you know, those kinds of things were protected, and that's not the case here, right? Uh, I mean, it's, it's fairly ridiculous that we have one committee holding secret hearings choosing what things get leaked and what things don't. And that's how the impeachment inquiry is beginning or is being carried out, even though the House hasn't voted on it. Um, and so I think they may vote on it when they – I think they're coming back on Monday, so I think they may vote on it You know, as, as early as this week. They want to take that uh, attack away from Republicans. But for now, nothing's really changed. They've never voted for an inquiry. The Speaker says she's for it, and so she kind of you know, decreed that it was going to, going to go ahead and begin, at least to the committees. Uh, I think she's really undermined her case here. In order for impeachment to work politically, you have to have bipartisan agreement and you have to have a majority of the country support it. Otherwise, it's a very harsh tactic that one party uses against a sitting president to effectively overturn the results of an election, and the public will not accept that. So she needs a majority of the country, but she needs some bipartisan support as well, and she's not going to do that. She's not going to get that if – you know, she's undermining the rights of the minority by not allowing them access to witnesses, by not allowing them to call witnesses, by not allowing them to see evidence, by not allowing them to ask questions in hearings. I mean, it's ridiculous. So, uh, yeah, I, I do think she's under some pressure. She's got to figure out, does she want this to be a, a fair and transparent process, or does she want to control it to try to control the narrative? Has any, have you heard if any of these uh, prominent uh, Democrats in the House, particularly Intel committee lead Adam Schiff and House Speaker Pelosi, have any of them been asked about what becomes of this once it goes to the Senate? Because you, you also made the point it will require, uh, I believe, at least 20 Republican senators in order to get a conviction and thus remove President Trump from office. Uh, have any of them been asked uh what happens then, or is it, or uh, because this seems merely symbolic, since there doesn't really seem to be a chance of a conviction in the Senate, Matt McCoviak. Yeah, I think that's right. I mean, the odds that you're going to have 20 Republican senators join with every Democrat with, to remove Trump from office are, you know, extremely low. I mean, you'd have to have 80 percent public support for something like that. You'd have to have just an absolutely shocking abuse of power, and that's not what you have here. You have a fairly modest, uh, you could call it inappropriate. Uh, action in terms of mentioning the Bidens on the, on the call. I wish he hadn't done it. He shouldn't do it again. It shouldn't be encouraged. Uh, we shouldn't have foreign governments investigating American citizens. Yep. But that said, you know the the standard for impeachment is high crimes, high crimes and misdemeanors, and this clearly doesn't rise to that level. And and even if if you look at the uh, you know the, the transcript, I don't understand why the whistleblowers are are more important than the transcript. You know the whistleblowers are interpreting. The transcript. Sure. We're talking about all kinds of things that are secondary to it. All that we need to do is read the read the language on the transcript. But you're right. In the Senate, look, the Senate is going to. I think they're going to take it up quickly. The Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell has said that that the Senate rules require him to take it up, so he's not going to bury it. And now he did say something interesting. Uh, I don't know, seven or ten days ago, he did say that they could have a motion to to dismiss. Now that's risky because it's a majority vote, and so. You know, you could have as as few as what is it three or maybe it's four. I guess three with the tiebreaker, probably four. Then four Republicans joining with every Democrat could 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 uh, defeat a motion to dismiss. So I imagine they're probably going to do a full trial, uh, but I think it'll move quickly. But I also think the Republicans may call witnesses like Hunter Biden, like Joe Biden, even potentially. Um, and it's going to be a much more fulsome, transparent process than what you're seeing now. And I don't think the Democrats want to see that, which is why I'm actually not convinced this is going to go all the way to an impeachment vote on the floor. Uh, I don't know that they have the votes for it right now, and I don't know that the politics makes sense. Uh, they may just start an inquiry. They may ultimately censure him. They may go ahead all the way with impeachment, but I think the political risks are greater for Democrats than they are for Republicans right now. Whatever sympathy uh, President Trump may have, uh, like you alluded to, the lack of due process that seems to be occurring, uh, that sympathy seems to dissipate whenever Ru Rudy Giuliani gets up and speaks publicly. I mean, what a, what an absolute disaster that's been anytime he's invited on TV or radio, Matt McCoviak. Yeah, it's really, really puzzling. Um, and look, it's absolutely clear that Rudy is not as sharp as he was five or ten years ago. Mm -hmm. I mean, he was a very sharp lawyer, U.S. attorney, 
at one time in the Southern District, obviously very highly successful mayor of New York City. I mean, his book, his book uh, Leadership, is a great book. I very much enjoyed reading it when it came out, wherever that was, 15 years ago after 9-11 when he left office. Um, I don't understand why he goes on television. Uh, it's not helpful to the White House. His, his, his messaging is all over the place. He contradicts himself, you know, minutes apart. He wants to kind of release new information himself. And look, he's going on the Fox, Fox News in, in prime time and getting, you know, so, soft kind of questions from some of those folks who are, who are sympathetic. Yep. I don't understand it. I don't think it's helpful. I don't know why he's going on television. And at some point, Brad, I think one thing to watch here is, you know, when the when your lawyer and the when the lawyer and the client don't have the same goals, when their goals are not aligned, or when their fortunes are not aligned, that's when the relationship ends. And we may be seeing this 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 uh, you know coming sooner rather than later. There was a story in the New York Times over the weekend. Sorry, Matt. We have, we have one of those hard breaks. Yeah. We have to come back right. on the other side. Matt McCoviak, sure. political wonk, uh, talking impeachment inquiry right here, AM twelve eighty The Patriot, Northern Alliance Radio Network. Back in mere moments. Go nowhere. National competition for your business is eating away at your customer base faster than you can keep up. It's as if they have a backroom of digital marketing minions swallowing your customers one by one. And it's not a pretty sight. What if you could beat them with your own minions? You need Salem Surround, a full-service digital agency with all your digital marketing under one roof. When a potential customer searches for your product, do they find your business or the competition? Is your contact information accurate and everywhere it should be to reach today's digital consumer? Does your website have all the right tools to turn visitors into leads? We've got some solutions. Contact Salem Surround for a free evaluation of your digital presence and to help get your message in front of today's digital audience. We'll help deliver customers by putting your business message in the right place at the right time. Don't just invest in a marketing strategy. You need to surround your target audience. Learn more at surroundmsp.com. Connecting you with new customers. If you have cracked teeth, missing teeth, or old, wobbly dentures, you've probably thought about getting dental implants. But when you checked around, you discovered that many places charge a lot of money, $4,000, $5,000, $6,000 a tooth. Well, it's time for you to check out ImplantMiracle.com, the local dental office where top-quality, long-lasting dental implants cost as low as $2,499 a tooth, including the implant abutment and crown, plus your consultation with the dentist is free. Standard x-rays are free and we offer very convenient financing. Why do we call it Implant Miracle? Because with implants as low as $24.99 and other places charging so much more, some people say that being able to get affordable dental implants is a miracle. For more information on how you can save money on dental implants and get a beautiful new smile that you can actually afford, see our website, ImplantMiracle.com. That's ImplantMiracle.com. Terrorism, economic uncertainty, nuclear instability. The United States faces many global dangers nearly every day. While it may seem like our biggest threats are beyond our borders, we face even greater risks against the U.S. Constitution and the rule of law here at home. Radical socialism, illegal immigration, social infighting. These dangers plague the bedrock of this great nation. We are facing a war for America's soul. And now is the time to rise up to protect our conservative ideals. Join AM 1280 The Patriot on Tuesday, October 22nd at the Crown Plaza Air in Bloomington for the War for America's Soul Tour. With Dennis Prager and Larry Elder teaming up, you will be equipped with intelligent answers to assaults from the far left. VIP tickets are already sold out, and preferred seating is filling up quickly. So visit am1280thepatriot.com today. This event is supported by Serenity Home Interiors. Welcome back, AM1280 The Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network with me, Brad Carlson. 651-289-4488 is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter, hashtag NarnShow, hashtag N-A-R-N Show. Continuing our discussion with our political wonk, Matt McCoviak, who we so rudely cut off last <laughs> segment, but it's uh, one of those horrible hard breaks. It's a part of no, the it. perils of radio. So, well, Matt, uh, we were uh, finishing off with the uh, impeachment talk. You know, we alluded to the president's uh, personal counsel, Rudy Giuliani, and how uh, the president seems to... Uh, uh, Super loyalty seems to supersede acumen or competency in this particular case. So, 
Uh, for better or for worse, uh, do you see uh, Rudy Giuliani kind of going forward as the president's lead counsel in this matter? Yeah, yeah, and I'm sorry about that with the heartbreak. You know, I was just making the point that the New York Times had a story of the weekend that the Southern District of New York is looking into, you know, whether he was uh, registered to lobby, if, if he was lobbying on behalf of a foreign government or, or, or overseas, uh, perhaps other legal issues. I just have to wonder if at some point, you know, Rudy's future is going to be his own, not the president's, right? You, you come to a point when if the lawyer is becoming the story, the lawyer is no longer able to represent the client. Sure. So, you know, I guess there was a story also the weekend that President Trump, you know, had lunch with Rudy publicly at one of his clubs, you know, over the weekend as a show of support. Clearly, they have a good relationship. They work closely. Uh, Giuliani was, was obviously, you know, working on a lot of these issues, and he believes there's a lot more to this story. And I would just say, let's let's wait and see what happens and see what the facts are. Uh, you know, I have to wonder whether the uh, Attorney General Bill Barr and the U.S. Attorney John Durham and the DOJ invest, uh, Inspector General, they all have reports coming fairly soon uh, about how all, all the Russia collusion stuff started in the 2016, the 2016 election. Uh, so we, there's a lot more. A month from now, Brad, we're going to know a hell of a lot more than we know now, and this story may look very different. Mm-hmm. Well, we definitely, yeah, that is something that is going to be newsworthy. Definitely look forward to uh, hearing all that comes out. So uh, I want to switch gears briefly here, Matt. Uh, obviously, the situation, uh, as of this morning, coming more perilous in Syria, where the president last week made a decision to remove military operations from that particular region. Uh, many critics and even some who uh, have been supportive of the president say that that is uh, leaving our uh, the American-backed Kurds uh, out to dry, and there's talk of ISIS elements have already been released back uh, into the Middle East. Now, I, I certainly understand the sentiment that we've been fighting decades-long wars in the region, and it's cost a lot of the American treasury, a lot of American lives, so I understand the fatigue with that. But uh, if I'm seeing this right, Matt, if this region becomes even more unstable than it was before because we decide to pull back, uh, I don't see how the war has effectively ended at this point. So what do you make of this, uh, the president's decision? And uh, at least in the short term, it doesn't look good going forward. No, it's a terrible decision. And I, it, it, you know, I, I, I don't get any pleasure in saying that um, because I think he's rebuilt the military. And I think in his first three years, he did much to ensure the military decimated uh, ISIS and ended their caliphate that, that went from Iraq to Syria and really across the much of the Middle East. Well, I don't understand. He, he clearly recognized the threat ISIS posed to the West and to our interests in the region uh, by, you know, changing the rules of engagement and rebuilding the military and going on offense. So I, I don't understand why he's doing this. Um, I agree with you. He, he made a commitment to try to reduce American presence in the Middle East, and, and I think people are ready for that. Um, in this case, the initial decision was only to pull out 50 troops in northern Syria. Uh, and and so, you know, what, the benefit of pulling 50 troops out versus uh, our, our Kurdish allies being decimated, uh, to me, that's a that's an easy call. And he made clearly the wrong decision. Uh, he had a tweet this morning saying he's going to work with Congress, especially Senator Lindsey Graham, to put sanctions on Turkey. But that seems to me like he's kind of joining a moving train uh, because I think he's, his, his initial imp- instinct was not to want to punish Turkey. It was almost to work in concert with Turkey. Turkey wants to attack the Kurds. Uh, Turks and the Kurds have been basically at war for, for, for many years. So, yeah, look, Brad, this is bad. Uh, it, it's, we are, we are uh, undermining a, a, an important relationship with an ally. Uh, our, our word will be, will be questioned in the future. Um, you know, this is, uh, you know, ISIS is reconstituting itself. You're seeing uh, some of their uh, captor, you know, captives be, being released. There are massive humanitarian issues related. It's an absolute mess, and it's getting much, much, much worse by the hour. So I don't, I don't know how, where this ends. Uh, to me, I don't think economic sanctions are going to be enough. Turkey's clearly made the, the decision that, that they don't believe the United States is going to punish them and that they could do whatever they want, and that is uh, – that is very, very bad. And, of course, we have Article 5 NATO commitments to Turkey as a, as a mem- fellow member of NATO. So this thing is just a total mess, and I really think the president's made a terrible decision here. So I guess the one question that you know, some have asked is, you know, where is Congress in all this? I mean, we hear the, 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 the uh, typical players. Well, not, not typical players. I guess uh, on both sides of the aisle, Republicans and Democrats, very vocal, vocally opposing this decision. But 
Uh, when did we get to a point where Congress completely abdicated its uh, uh, obligation to declaring war and then uh, ending war? It just seems like the chief executive, you go back to, to President Obama and even George W. Bush, where it seems like all of the war powers are lying with the executive branch. And I, from what I recall, Matt Bukowiak, that's not the way it's supposed to be. No, that's exactly right. I believe the last time Congress declared war was uh, World War II. <laughs> okay, so it's not like this is a recent sure, uh, sure. recent development. Uh, but you're right. Look, the balance of power between Congress and the executive branch has been shaded towards the executive branch really for for two decades. Uh, the executive has taken more and more and more power, and part of the reason for that uh, is Congress sees itself more in partisan terms than it does in constitutional terms. Right, the majority or the party that's aligned with the White House generally lets the White House do what they want, and they mm-hmm. don't protect Congress's authority. Um, but you, you know, you're right. I, I, my my hope and my expectation this this week is number one, you may see uh, sort of resolutions expressing where Congress is on this serious stuff. But number two, you may see uh, the sanctions pass presumably with a veto-proof margin, uh, you know, in the Senate in particular, but then hopefully in the House as well. But you're right. Uh, where is Congress on this? You know, all they can do is issue press releases, and that's uh, that's clearly not enough. In this case, uh, it's, it's pretty clear the president didn't even really consult not only with the, with leaders on the Hill, but really not even with his own military leaders. They were surprised by this at the Pentagon and the State Department. Yeah, and I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, when I first heard reports of this uh, early last week, uh, Sunday night, Monday morning time frame, it, it, it seems as though the the, the Pentagon was uh, completely blindsided by this, and you even had some very vocal critics uh, coming out against the, the, the president's decision in this. I mean, I know there it, in past administrations it certainly wasn't unprecedented for people within certain departments, particularly Defense Department or State Department, to oppose a president's decision, but when it's become outwardly vocal like this, it's just an awful situation all around, man. It is. I mean, I, I just, it's, it's unthinkable that a president of the United States would make a, 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 a military decision without consulting the Secretary of Defense, right? I mean, mm-hmm. that's just, that's like, it, it, that, doesn't even, that doesn't even feel like that's possible. Um, clearly, the, the order had to be ex- executed through the Pentagon, so I guess they notified them once the decision was made. But, you know, look, I think the president, you know, in, on, on this issue, he made his mind up. He's, he made his decision, and he wanted it executed. He didn't want to hear, you know, a difference of opinion. So, yeah, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't get it either. Um, and, look, there are very, very, very few people who think this was the right decision. In fact, the only one I can think of in public life is Rand Paul, <laughs> right. who, you know, never saw, uh, you know, a, a surrender he didn't uh, think was the right thing for America to do. I don't even know what, whether he thinks we should have a Pentagon um, at this point, because I don't think there's any military action he's ever supported or thought was, was, was right. I could be wrong about that. There may be one. But, um, yeah, so I, there's, this has uh, you know, brought all parties together in opposing this, and, boy, we sure don't want to see ISIS reconstitute itself across the Middle East. I mean, the, the ramifications for the, Amer- for the U.S., for, the, for, our, for our allies, for the West, uh, you know, for, for Christians in the Middle East, you name it, um, ramifications could be absolutely devastating. Yeah, and that and that would seem to fly in the face of the declaration, you know, well, we don't want these endless wars. Well, if ISIS, ISIS reconstitutes itself, and as you alluded to, is a threat to the West and, and obviously American interests, um, we can't do it. We, we, we would absolutely have to respond. So this doesn't seem to be uh, ending any wars it seem, as much as it seems to be extending it. Yeah, that's right. I mean, you know, we can pretend not to be at war in the region, but if ISIS is at war with us, it's still a war. So, right. um, and you know, I remember, I remember very well the criticisms that that conservatives had of the Obama policy as it related to Syria. Right, the red line comment, mm-hmm. not uh, not making, not pushing Assad from from, from office, yep. letting ISIS uh, build itself across the region. I mean, it was you know kind of uh, aligning uh, the the U.S. administration with Iran. Uh, I mean, there there was there was a lot there. I mean, back in the day, I remember those criticisms. Well, those criticisms should be in place now. Yep. Look, I mean, this is one of the things that bothers me about politics today, right now on the right, and that is President Trump is not right because he says something. Right? Things are either right or wrong based on their own merit. Right. And so we have to evaluate his statements, his actions based on what's right and what's wrong for America. And look, I agree 80 or 90 percent strongly with what he does. I'm glad he's there. I want to stop socialism. I'm supporting him for election, et cetera. But on this one, he is so clearly in the wrong. It is the responsibility of Congress 
to stand up and, and try to overturn this or mitigate the, the downside for, for uh, U.S. national security and for, uh, for the West, for, for our allies in the region. I mean, it's absolutely crucial that, that they do that. And I hope they do that this week. I can think of nothing that's more pressing than that. As always, we uh, appreciate Matt's time again. Matt Makoviak, our political wonk. Check out his fine work at MacOnPoliticsPodcast.com. That's M-A-C-K, MacOnPoliticsPodcast.com, where you can check out his fantastic podcast as well as read his weekly Washington Times column. Matt, great stuff as always. We appreciate the time, and uh, have a great rest of your day. Take care. See ya. AM1280, The Patriot, Northern Alliance Radio Network. Back with one final segment this hour. Go nowhere. AM 1280, The Patriot. Vein Clinics of America wants to know, when's the last time you felt comfortable in your own skin? Are you kidding me? I haven't worn shorts in years. Every summer, I'm the only guy on the beach wearing long pants. Wearing slacks to hide my compression hose sure doesn't make me feel any younger. Listen, you're not alone. Many men and women are embarrassed about their bulging varicose and spider veins, not to mention the pain and how uncomfortable they make you feel. I would get home from work and my legs were swollen and throbbing. Why deal with this any longer? Let Vein Clinics of America help you discover health better-looking legs. For over 35 years, Vein Clinics of America has been the leading expert in the minimally invasive treatment of vein disease. Imagine wearing a swimsuit or shorts with confidence and getting back to normal activities. It's time to feel comfortable in your own skin again. VCA accepts most major insurance plans. Call now to see if you qualify for a free consultation. Call 800-606-1010. 800-606-1010. That's 800-606-1010. I am Staff Sergeant Mark Anthony I am Madrid. Staff Sergeant Samantha Cowell. I'm Staff Sergeant I am Alex Staff Keeley. Sergeant William Lewis, and I am proud to defend my family and our nation. The Air Force Reserve is part of the story of this great nation. I'm grateful that I have a chance to wear the uniform of the heroes that went before me. I am proud to be part of a team that helps make a difference in the world. Every day, men and women from communities across this nation serve as reserve citizen airmen. Even as technology evolves and changes, our commitment to defend and protect this nation remains steadfast. We celebrate those who have served and those who are proudly serving. We celebrate our proud history and look towards an exciting and uniting future. Our mission is to fly, fight, and win in air, space, and cyberspace. And I am proud to be a member and of... And I'm proud to serve in the United and States. And I am proud to protect our country. Proud to serve in the U.S. Air Force Reserve. AFreserve.com Hello, I'm Mark Stoneman, president of WNAV Audiovisual. WNAV Audiovisual provides equipment and technicians for events of all sizes, from a handful of people to large ballrooms and convention centers as well. We also provide installation services for churches, schools, and corporations. No matter how many people are at your event, WNAV has the technicians and expertise along with the equipment to make each event successful. Audiovisual services include equipment such as sound systems, microphones, projection systems with screens, laptops, draping, lighting, and all the related equipment, and also web streaming services. So your meeting can go beyond the four walls of your space. WNAV Audiovisual, where your meeting is our business. Please contact us at WNAV-video.com. Welcome back, AM twelve eighty, the Patriot Northern Alliance Radio Network. With me, Brad Carlson. Six five one two eight nine four four eight eight is the number to call. You can also weigh in. Hashtag Narn Show. Hashtag N A R N Show. If you use Twitter. And as always, we appreciate you tuning in, and I appreciate Matt's time. I, I was telling Jason off the air that uh, you know Matt has a life. I tried to have him on last weekend, but he was a little busy. How busy? Well, he flew into Pittsburgh Thursday evening to see the Pittsburgh Penguins in their home opener against Buffalo. And because he was in the area, he drove 70 miles south on Saturday to watch his alma mater, the University of Texas Longhorns, take on West Virginia University, and uh, his Longhorns won. And then he says, well, since I'm in the area, uh, tomorrow I might as well drive back up to Pittsburgh and see Steelers-Ravens in Heinz uh, Field. Yeah, uh, Matt's a uh, big-time Pittsburgh uh, Pittsburgh fan, uh, Pittsburgh sports fan, and uh, 
an alum of uh, University of Texas out of Austin. So it was a perfect storm for him to be there those four days. Uh, what a life, man. Yeah, right? and I told you in between the breaks here, it's too bad there was too much juicy uh, political stuff going on. Otherwise, yeah, I would right. have loved to talk to him about it. Oh, uh, yeah. It's, uh, it, it, it's pretty fantastic what he uh, you know he he works hard, but he plays hard. So uh, you know that's part of the part of what he does. Uh, you know he's out there putting in work uh, in his uh, political consulting firm. But uh, you know he he takes his leisure time and good on him. I I no live kidding. my life vicariously through him when it comes to his uh, sports fanaticism. Yeah. I guess so. We we do want to wrap up this hour. I didn't get a chance to ask Matt about uh, former Texas congressman who he knows very well, Beto O'Rourke. Now you remember Beto O'Rourke took on Ted Cruz in the Senate race out of Texas in 2018, and it was shocking how close that race actually was because Texas, I mean, it's trending a little more blue. It's still pretty solidly red, but if Republicans don't remain vigilant, that could become blue. And if Texas ever becomes blue in a presidential race, you can forget about a Republican president for the foreseeable future. I'll just say that. So Republicans definitely need to remain vigilant in Texas. Well, the one thing about Beto O'Rourke, now he's running for president, if he ran on just a scintilla of what he's run in in his Senate race as he is running on his presidential race, he wouldn't have got within a whiff of Ted Cruz. Okay? We all know that his big stance is anti-gun. He wants to take your guns away. I mean, you know, Democrats always condescendingly say to, you know, progressives, Democrats alike condescendingly say to the gunnies, no one wants to take your guns Well, in a uh, town hall or in a debate last month amongst Democrat presidential candidates, Beto's exact quote was, hell yes, we're going to take your AR-15. All right. Basically, uh, speaking what the Democrats actually think, but don't have the cojones to say because they know that's not popular. All right. And then there was something on Thursday called a Equality in America town hall. Now, this must be a new thing because CNN is doing a lot of these niche town halls where they talk to each candidate and they focus on a specific subject that appeals to niche block of their voter base. Before it was climate change, this time it was equality in America talking about LGBTQ issues, including there was one woman who had her nine-year-old trans son. Uh, nine-year-old trans boy, and that's being applauded. Sick. Disgusting. Don't have time to get into that. But Beto O'Rourke was asked about his stances on uh, religious institutions, particularly college, churches, and charities, uh, regarding their tax-exempt status if they don't support certain parts of a progressive agenda, specifically, uh, obviously, gay marriage is one thing that is, uh, that's alluded to. So if we got that sound clip, this is Beto O'Rourke with CNN anchor Don Lemon. Congressman, Thank I want to ask you a question. question. This is from your LGBTQ plan, and here's what you write. This is a quote. Freedom of religion is a fundamental right, but it should not be used to discriminate. Do you think religious institutions uh, like colleges, churches, charities, should they lose their tax-exempt status if they oppose same-sex marriage? Yes. There can be no reward, no benefit, no tax break for anyone or any institution, any organization in America that denies the full human rights and the full civil rights of every single one of us. And so as president, we're going to make that a priority, and we are going to stop those who are infringing upon the human rights of our fellow Americans. Congressman, thank you. All right. So ironic that he decries organizations that would uh, which would deny human rights, in his mind, organizations that deny human rights, when he has consistently touted an agenda infringing upon the majority of American civil liberties. I mean, the Second Amendment, gun issue, one which he wants to come take guns. And now he's saying that churches can't adhere to the teachings that they have had in place for literally centuries, okay? And it's not being discriminatory to call out sin. It's not. This is what these organizations do. And another thing that is dripping with irony here is he's he's proposing to force religious institutions to bend the knee towards the almighty deity called government, essentially denying them their freedom of expression. Now, no church should uh, disallow people from coming into their congregation and worshiping. And no church that I know of does that. And if a church I know of did that, I wouldn't worship there because I don't want any part of that. Okay? But... They can call out sin. 
And whether you agree with it or not, whether you some people even have the temerity to say that the the, the uh, Bible should be brought up to uh, brought up to modern uh, modern progressive times, you know, and therefore stop speaking out uh, against the, the sin of homosexuality, which, you know, we're not going to have a religious debate about that. That'll be another show for another time. But here's the thing. He wants to basically take away a church's right to speak out against these issues. But no church is discriminating against people's rights, okay? Marriage is not a right. And by the way, churches all the time, pastors all the time, sit down and counsel with prospective married couples. And guess what? They deny officiating weddings for myriad reasons. I mean, I've heard of of ministers who sit down with a with a young couple, man and a woman, and don't believe that the marriage is going to be compatible and therefore in good conscience can't officiate a marriage that they don't believe is going to last or they don't believe is going to put God as the center of their marriage, which is the whole reason of having a, mar- a, a, a ceremony in a church is to declare making God the center of your marriage. That's the whole reason behind it. So, but again, progressivism is a religion to a lot of these people. And how ironic is that when the same people who decry, oh, we need separation of church and state. Well, they want to mandate everybody follow the religion of progressivism or be punished or lose their tax exempt status. So, uh, but like I said, uh, Robert Francis uh, Beto O'Rourke, I call him Bobby. He's got no shot to be the next president. Let's let's be honest. So he's basically become a useful idiot for Dem frontrunners like Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders and Joe Biden uh, in that Beto can convey the true goals of progressivism, which is taking people's guns and basically undermining uh, how fa- uh, houses of faith or uh, houses of faith operate. OK, that that they, that's their ultimate goal. But they know that that can't be done with just a carte blanche approach right here and now, okay? So Beto can be their useful idiot because, you know, he's going to go back to, to Texas and enjoy uh, the multi-millions that he inherited from his in-laws, okay? I mean, the guy don't need to work, so this is just this is just fun for him. Uh, but I kind of, uh, so the point is, is that these frontier uh, candidates can come with more incremental approaches to taking guns and undermine, undermining places of faith and therefore, they look a little less insane. But uh, Steve Dace of Blaze TV, formerly of Conservative Review, I kind of echo his sentiments. Uh, by some miracle, if Bobby emerges as our commander-in-chief, Steve Dace says, uh, Before Jesus calls me home, all I want to see is Beto and his pocket protector try to take some Texans AR-15 and demand a mosque change its views on homosexuality. Yeah, that'd be a pay-per-view event. <laughs> AM 1280, The Patriot, Northern Alliance Radio Network. Hour number one in the books. Hour number two coming back in mere moments. Go nowhere. Closing time. Turn all up. Sebastian Gorka here for Relief Factor, the 100% drug-free supplement that was formulated by doctors to help your body deal with inflammation and pain. The reason I've told so many of my friends about the three-week quick start is because as we get older, occasional aches and pains can be a real problem, keeping you from sleeping through the night or doing the things you love and need to do, like taking walks or playing golf, going up or downstairs, or simply playing with your kids or grandkids. Tens of thousands are now like me, glad they ordered the three-week quick start for just $19.95. After years of back pain, I found relief, and I believe you could too. Folks, this is why the father and son owners of Relief Factor, Pete and Seth Talbot, created the three-week quick start, and they discounted it to only nineteen ninety-five. Approximately 70% of those who order it go on to order more. Let's see if we can get you out of pain too. Go to relieffactor.com, relieffactor.com, or call 800-500-8384. My name is Tiffany Hall, and my son, Truett, attends Heritage Christian Academy. Truett is in kindergarten, and I got an email one day from his teacher saying that she was really proud of him that day because he had found a quarter, actually, at school, and she could see that he had really debated turning it in or keeping it, and that he had turned it into her, and she was just so proud of him and encouraged him, and that um, being honest was the way to be. And I thought it was so sweet for her to, to message me that and tell me about the day. So we've had a few teachers there, and they've all been so wonderful. They have constant interaction with us, for sure, and they're always willing to be there for questions or help us with anything that we need help with as well. We have absolutely loved our time at Heritage Christian Academy, and we have been so blessed. 
Heritage Christian Academy of Maple Grove serves students from 3 years old to 12th grade. For more information about joining the Heritage Christian Academy family or to schedule a tour, visit heritageweb.org. That's heritageweb.org. Mitch Berg from the Northern Alliance here for Kingdom Builders. You've heard them on this station. They say they're not great salesmen, just great roofers. But if you're a homeowner, you've heard the horror stories from your neighbors about roofers who were great salesmen, but terrible roofers, about contractors with no integrity. So my first call was to the roofers who make their integrity the center, not just of their business, but of their lives. That's the kingdom builders. And yeah, they are great roofers. I have a challenging roof. Third floor, lots of details, and it was last re-roofed when I was just out of high school. And yet... From the moment they showed up, I had the confidence. I wasn't just going to get a great roof. I wasn't going to get that heartburn you get when trying out a new contractor. So, yeah, they are great roofers and genuinely great people to work with. And I have the nicest looking roof on my block. So call 612-900-9166. That's 612-900-9166. Or find them online at thekingdombuilders.net. Tell them Mitch Berg sent you and he loves his new roof. AM. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.